When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. We are live on all fronts, folks. That is factual. SteelCurtainNetwork.com is going to have all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs and wants as the Steelers get ready for training camp next week. And I do have to make a quick announcement that the Fans First Sports Network homepage, that domain has changed slightly we have been going with fans, FFSN.app. The problem with that is it's not that we're not going to get an app. We are. It, a lot of people were saying there were firewall issues, meaning they, they were going into work trying to check the website. I can't because the firewall is saying that .app is not a trusted website. So what we did is we went with our backup, which we already, we already own the domain, fansfirstsports.com. So fansfirstsports.com. If you happen to go to ffsn.app, it'll redirect you to fansfirstsports.com. It's a very minor change. Steelcurtainnetwork.com hasn't changed at all. Nothing changes there. You're good to go. But I wanted to make you aware of that very minor change. Now, the news. No, Joey Porter still hasn't signed his contract. But shortly after my show went live on Wednesday morning, Alex Highsmith signed his contract extension. It was a four-year extension, so the Steelers have contractual control over Highsmith for five seasons. That's great news. He and he and TJ Watt are going to be that tandem for a long time in Pittsburgh. We all should be excited for that. Now, if you're wondering what the breakdown is of the contract, look, that's not me. That That's not what I do. That's not my bread and butter. That, that wheelhouse is Dave Schofield. So you have two options. You can go back on our audio-only feed, and you can check out the Breaking News podcast we did Wednesday morning right after the news broke. Dave went into a lot of details there, but he went even further into the details on the Steelers Stat Geek podcast yesterday morning. Great episode. Go back and check that out. It breaks it down every which way and sideways of what this Alex Highsmith contract means for the Steelers, salary cap implications, and also why, with Omar Khan at the helm, the Steelers are doing things a little bit different when it comes to these 
new contracts to players like Deontay Johnson and Minka Fitzpatrick. So go check that out. I'm not going to talk about that too much, but good news on Alex Highsmith. Look, I told you months ago that this was all but a done deal. They just had to figure out the the details. Boom, there it is. Not going to say I told you so, but I told you so. Speaking of Alex Highsmith, to me, and, you know, the Steelers are getting ready to report to camp next Wednesday, the 26th of July. They go to Latrobe, St. Vincent College. To me, this signing, this contract extension of Alex Highsmith, it caps off a fantastic offseason for Omar Khan and company. That's all I could think about is I thought about what I wanted to talk about in this podcast with the Steelers coming to training camp. The offseason is basically done. It's all but over. Uh, you know, yes, we're going to have some talking points on Monday, training camp battles, things like that. But this, the offseason is all but over. This was Omar Khan's first full offseason as the GM. Remember, Kevin Colbert retired after the 2022 NFL draft where he selected Kenny Pickett. And after that, that's when Omar Khan took over. So Omar Khan was responsible for things like the Larry Ogunjobi signing to the one-year $8 million deal. He was responsible for the Chase Claypool trade with the Chicago Bears. All that stuff he was responsible for, but he had never had one full offseason until now. Now, some would say, and those people, those some would, would be the skeptics out there, that it's a small sample size. It really is a small sample size. How can we judge him off of one offseason? Well, all I'm going to do is judge him off of the only offseason that he's had in this role with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yes, yeah, small sample size, but to me, it's enough. And what a great offseason it was. Think about this from a global standpoint. You're looking at the entire offseason. The moment the Steelers season ends, the moment the new league year starts in March, all the way up into present time. Now, maybe by the time you're listening to this, if there was a late news dump, maybe Joey Porter Jr. signed his contract. At the time of this recorded, he has not signed. But other than that, I want you to think about, look at free agency. So March comes around, free agency, the Steelers start to lose some players like Cam Sutton is gone. What do they do? They signed Patrick Peterson. Listen to the other names that were signed in free agency this past offseason. I already mentioned Patrick Peterson, Cole Holcomb, and Alandon Roberts on inside linebackers. Nate Herbig along the offensive line. Isaac Sayamalo, who's probably going to be the starting left guard. Chandon Sullivan, which that signing happened during the draft, if you remember. Hakeem Butler and Luke Burko, which are the XFL guys that were signed after the XFL season ended. Braden Fihoko and Armand Watts along the, the defensive front. Keanu Neal. And then how can we forget, I thought what was a great signing was Marcus Golden, outside linebacker. So all those players were added via free agency. And so then free agency dies. You know, we always talk about how there's kind of waves of free agency. You have that initial wave. That was when the Steelers got Patrick Peterson. That's when they got Holcomb and Sayamalu. And then as that kind of dies down, it ramps up again, and there's a second wave. And then after the second wave is when teams start typically preparing for the draft. And the Steelers had arguably one of the best drafts in the National Football League. I, that's not me, by the way. I do think it was a very it was a very successful draft, but I'm listening to those that follow us way closer than I do, and they're the ones that are saying that this draft was phenomenal. Think about it. Seven overall picks, round one, Broderick Jones, the Steelers trade up. Now, this is why I give a little bit more kudos to Omar Khan, and it's based on not just the players added, where he goes out and gets those guys in free agency, but in the draft, he didn't just sit on his hands and wait for things to fall to him. He did make moves. I was. I think he got lucky. I've said that before. I think he got lucky, but think about it. Round one, they trade up. They trade up over the New England Patriots to get Broderick Jones. They, they 
They go over the New York Jets, who are probably going to take Jones. Round two, they have two picks, Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Benton. People forget that Keanu Benton was a round two pick, even though he was their third selection. Round three was when they traded. They traded back to get a fourth-round pick, and who would have thought that Darnell Washington would still be available? Yet he was, and then in round four, they get Nick Herbig, Nate Herbig's brother. No more picks until round seven when they get Corey Trice Jr. and Spencer Anderson. Look, I mean, these people, these cornerbacks especially, there are high hopes for the, this rookie class. I think that we need to temper our expectations a little bit, at least early. But in terms of having a great draft, I thought that Omar Khan in his first draft with Handy Weedle and that entire front office and the scouting department, they hit it out of the ballpark. But they weren't done. When you think about the players added in free agency, we didn't even talk about something like the trade acquisition of Allen Robinson, where they basically got the Los Angeles Rams to pay the majority of his contract, and they got him for one year. They're not paying him a lot of money. He's a veteran receiver. It's exactly what they needed in that room. That was a good trade. They did not give up a lot for that. You think about players that were brought back, Steelers that were brought back, whether it's to start, whether it's for depth, doesn't matter. Larry Ogunjobi coming back on a three-year deal. DeMonte KZ coming back on a multi-year deal. Miles Boykin, Zach Gentry coming back on one-year contracts. Mason Rudolph as well coming back on a one-year deal. Those were great additions. Again, We hope we don't see Mason Rudolph at quarterback. If we see Mason Rudolph at quarterback, things have gone south in a hurry. However, that's a great insurance policy. I like that move. I think it was extremely smart. And then you have the deal that was made on Wednesday morning, Alex Highsmith, four-year extension. And to me, it's just the cherry on top of what has been a fantastic offseason for Omar Khan and the front office. I personally, I thought that after last season, there was a need of, of some overhaul. It doesn't necessarily mean that every position, but there were positions where I thought to myself, man, they there's a part of this, there's a part of this roster that needs gutted and they need to kind of build it back up. And that's exactly what they did. They brought in so many new faces. And there's not even a guarantee that these faces will all make the team. When you think about players like Armand Watts, Fihoko, Hakeem Butler, Barku, the the cornerback from the XFL, there's no guarantee they even make the team but they're adding possible pieces of this overall puzzle. I think what they've done, and again, Khan and company, what they've done is is really build this thing up from the ground up. They're setting this team up for hopefully the rebuild to be ahead of schedule. I'm going to talk about that next week, probably next Wednesday, the day that the Steelers report to camp. I feel like that's a very appropriate time to talk about the Steelers rebuild and that process and where they are and are they ahead of schedule, behind schedule, all that good stuff. But ultimately, I look at this offseason and what else could you ask for? Yes, they could have gone after Tremaine Edmonds. When you see the contract that Edmonds signed with the Chicago Bears, I wanted nothing to do with that contract. That's too much money. The Steelers could not have brought in all these pieces. They didn't break the bank on any of these players, and I think that's smart. They needed quantity as much as quality, and I feel like in certain players, not all of them, you talk about Peterson, Holcomb, Sayamalu. Even if you want to talk about Keanu Neal, you're talking about both quantity and quality. That's exactly what this roster needed. They needed an injection of youth in certain spots. They needed some new faces, some new blood. I like the competition that is being set up. Yeah, hopefully you checked out the Steelers preview last night, ran live on YouTube, also on Facebook and Twitter. 
And that is the Steelers preview. Myself, Brian Davis, and Dave Schofield talked all about upcoming training camp battles. Go back and check it out, even if you only catch the audio. And you will hear us break down all of these competitive positions that really are going to be something to watch. Training camp is going to be good for the Steelers. It's going to be great to watch how these players, how they kind of find their own way. They meander their way onto the roster, off the roster, those fringe players. That's what we're talking about here. It's going to be exciting. But what an offseason for Omar Khan in his first full offseason as the general manager. I was skeptical at first. I got to be honest. When the Steelers went through that whole process after Kevin Colbert retired and they're trying to find who's going to be the next GM, and then the news comes out, oh, Omar Khan, the guy that was everyone thought was the nerd in the corner of the cubicle with the, with a calculator, and he was just the salary cap guy. When they say that Omar Khan is your next general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I got to be honest, I was skeptical. Wasn't sure if this guy knew what he was doing, but here's what he did. He surrounded himself with very smart individuals with great talent. We always bring up Andy Weedle, but also you have people like Sheldon White and other former players, Ike Taylor, Merrill Hodge, in that room talking with him. He is open to all of those suggestions. It's a sign of a good leader when they'll listen to the people around them. I think they got it right. I think the I think the Steelers got it right with hiring Omar Khan. I think the Steelers got it right in the free agent additions, bringing the players back that they wanted to bring back. They got it right in the draft, and they definitely got it right with this Alex Highsmith contract. I was very much a fan of it. I think it's going to benefit the team big time here in the near future and hopefully in the long term. Might be the best pass rushing duo in the NFL, and it might be the best pass rushing duo the Steelers have had since James Harrison and Lamar Woodley were opposite one another back in those early 2000s when they were winning Super Bowls. I'm excited. You should be excited too. Here's what's coming up in the second half of the show. We got the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. We're going to talk about the Alex Highsmith situation, the allocation of funds between offense and defense, all of that. Stay tuned and make sure you stay tuned to the very end for a very special Heart to Heart. We'll be right back after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is the second half of the Friday Let's Ride podcast, which means, well, you know what it means. It's time for the All Bets Are Off segment. Myself and Jeremy Jerome Betts. Jeremy, what's going on, man? How's it going? Man, it's going great. Um, happy to talk about some big news in Steeler Nation yeah. and uh, just getting ready for training camp, man. I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Wednesday, it was morning, so it was, you know, obviously right after my Wednesday Let's Ride ran and I wasn't able to talk about it then, but Alex Highsmith signs that four-year extension. So the Steelers have five years of contractual control over him, mm-hmm. over $60 million in total. I think, according to Dave Schofield, when we did the Breaking News podcast, 
it rounds out to be anywhere between like 14 some million a year or 17 million a year. I think I saw on Twitter that you said they kind of overpaid. You stand by that or do you change your tune after thinking about it? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Uh, as far as t- looking at the contract from a future standpoint as well, when you're talking about a couple years down the road and what players will be making then, you know, you lock in a guy who probably has another big year this year. And if you if he you don't lock him up ahead of time, you probably lose him just because of the market. Uh, and anytime you get a player, an edge rusher specifically, premium position on the free market, they're just going to get paid a lot of money. Bud Dupree, um, you know, guys like that, they just get paid that type of money. And you're hoping that maybe they come out of the shadow a little bit of the guy they've been playing next to or behind um, and that their production wasn't solely tied to the success or attention that their counterpart was getting on the other side. That would be my one concern for Alex Highsmith is maybe he's not ever going to be the guy on a defense as far as edge rusher goes. But if you're Pittsburgh and you've got TJ Watt locked up for, I think it's four more years still. Yeah, I think. Uh, And then now TJ Watt uh, a year beyond that, or I'm sorry, now Alex Highsmith a year beyond that. And you've got those two guys in tandem, then you're talking about a team, uh, a group of guys that just can absolutely tear through the league. So in one sense, did I think maybe they, that the overpay potentially could be because he's not a guy I think is going to be a number one pass rusher on a team ever really. Maybe you could, you can make an argument there. Uh, I never really said actually that I truly believe it. I gave it kind of a maybe on Twitter and maybe they overpaid, but are you, <laughs> are you glad to get them locked up together? Absolutely. So I'll take it no matter what I trust Omar Khan to work out the finances and uh, again, if you look at it from a multi- multiple years down the road, this looks like a bargain for a guy who, if he continues on his current trajectory, is going to be racking up sacks for years to come. Yeah, and there on Twitter, especially on Wednesday, there was a lot of discussion and debate about the allocation of funds based on offense and defense. There were a lot of people that said, "Up oh, here we go, typical Tomlin Steelers. They are going to pay a." crap ton of money on their defense and they're going to skimp on the offense. And then when those high profile players, cause they can't typically have the depth they need behind them because of the money that's allocated to those starters uh, based on the, you know, those simple facts, if one person goes down, all hell breaks loose and the offense doesn't have enough money to even get good quality starters. That was a debate. I'm not saying I stand on one side of the fence. Or the other. What do you think about that? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. I- you lock up your good players. That's just kind of my thought on it. So in this case, the guy blooming, the guy ready for that next contract was Alex Highsmith, not George Pickens, not Pat Fryermuth, you know? And when you're talking about skill positions like wide receiver, they're starting to become, yeah, you want your, your superstars, but these guys coming out in the draft are as pro ready as any position in the league and you like what you've seen out of the Steelers' ability to, uh, I don't know, develop these guys early, make them uh, productive players on the team quickly. So I think if you're Steelers and you're Team Brass, you're talking about locking down your guys on defense and in a league that just continuously evolves on offense, if you can get players who are system-proof 
and can can stop multiple different kinds of offense, then you, you lock those guys up because you're going to need them at some point. And then for the Steelers, it's are we letting the offense figure it out or do we really believe in these players? I think they really believe in their players right now. Once Kenny Pickett reaches second contract time frame and you're deciding, are we going to have to pay this guy like a, an elite quarterback? Then you can talk about allocating funds from the defense to the offense a little bit. But for now, it makes perfect sense to sort of surround this guy with the best players. doesn't matter what side of the ball they're on. To me, this debate comes down to one word, and it's drafting. Mm. You know, the, the Steelers, they, they love to draft. They build through the draft. We know this. Yeah. That's not breaking news. And they typically want to keep their drafted players. So when you think about they, they, they like to reward those players that they draft, whether it's round one, round five, doesn't matter. And they want to reward them with a big contract. So you've seen this now. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick, all first-round picks. Now you throw in um, Alario Ogunjobi getting a yeah. three-year deal. He was a third-round pick. Not Pittsburgh's, but a third-round pick. Alex Highsmith, third-round pick. What the Steelers need to focus on, and I think Omar Khan and Andy Weed are at least headed down the right path, is finding cheaper depth that is still quality depth through the drafts. I think of someone like Nick Herbig as a great example. He's a fourth round draft pick. He's not expected to come in and play right away, but at the same time, he's going to be a good depth piece for the team. So it's not going to cost them a lot of money when you have to go out in free agency and sign these depth pieces. A lot of times due to their veteran status, it costs more money. It's more of a cap hit that can be a drain on everything. The Steelers on offense right now, still very young. Like you said earlier, they don't have to worry so much about paying some of those offensive players yet, but they will. Yes. The hope is the salary cap continues to increase. That gives them a little bit more wiggle room. They can restructure things. Cam Hayward will be off the books in a couple of years. And so, you know, it's, it's a situation where I don't think there's a definitive right or wrong answer here. Yes, they are allocating a lot of money to the defense, but that's because the defense with players need to get paid or you see yeah. them go. So what do you want the alternative to be? All those people out there that say, ah, I'm complaining about the, the defense getting all these contracts. Do you want Mika Fitzpatrick to be on another team right now? Right. You know, Do you want yeah. TJ Watt to be playing for uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams or something? No, you don't. You want him in Pittsburgh and you got to pay him yeah. to do that. So that's something to keep in mind. I think you on for the offensive side, we've seen it several years now where the Steelers identify one, two, or three different players that are kind of your franchise cornerstones on that side of the ball. And so like Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, several years ago, when the Steelers were making the decision on that group, they said, well, we're going to pay Antonio Brown and we believe in ourselves to draft and develop, to bring in the players to, to fill out this roster and we're going to let the rest of these higher priced guys go. And we believe in ourselves. So that's, you know, it's making a bet on yourself. And so far we don't really have any reason to, to mistrust that bet, if you will, on the Steelers side of things, because they typically get it right. And if not exactly right, then they, they know how to, to balance it out with the other side of the ball, at least to keep them competitive. Something that else was noticeable, at least in the waning years of the Kevin Colbert era, was his cyclical cyclical nature of drafting. It almost seemed like one draft was all defense and the next draft was all offense. Well, guess what happens when you do that over time is you have this unbalanced unit. Think about 2017. They go 13 and three. What was it? High profile offense, yeah. almost averaging 30 points per game and a defense that couldn't get couldn't get themselves out of their own way. They couldn't get out of a wet paper bag. 
yes, Ryan Shazier got hurt, and I understand that. But even when he was in there, let's not pretend that they were world beaters. They weren't. Okay? And then you get this defense that's legit in 2019, and the offense with Roethlisberger going down, well, they're awful. And then from there, it just seems like they're always trying to play catch-up. I'm wondering if this is the defense, which is my next question. Is this the defense and the offense that can maybe actually mirror one another Hmm. and not have one up here and one down here trying just to keep up in terms of just, Oh, I just want to get up to their level is, do you think this could be the year in 2023? Absolutely. I I do. And if not this year, I really believe it next year. And you know, one of the things that you've talked about a lot is this rebuild cycle here. You've been given it a three-year timestamp. Mostly they're a little bit ahead of schedule. We'd probably agree on that. Yeah, for sure. But That next year is kind of really, the benchmark year for how this whole thing went, you know, 2024. So if they make a play in 2023, it's going to be because that kind of gels all together, maybe a year ahead of schedule. And you'd like it to be this year because Cam Hayward, again, another year older, um, you're, you're running into a season now where TJ Watt just had a major injury last year. Um, If he comes back fully healthy and can stay healthy, then that's going to be huge for your team, obviously. Now you've locked up Highsmith long-term. So getting these guys all to come together and, and like you said, kind of complement each other to where you don't have the number three overall defense and the 25th offense. Maybe this year you've got the number five or six defense and you've got the number 13 or 14 offense. And I think that's enough for Pittsburgh to be in contention for maybe an AFC championship appearance down the road because the balance of that and the way that they're going to play football, which is kind of counterintuitive to what we're seeing teams build necessarily across the league. You've got a kind of a, a unicorn of a team here in the AFC, especially in Pittsburgh. Maybe they're just so tough, so uh, grounded in the run game and how they play football. So good at turning clock and making these, high-powered offenses just sit on the sideline, maybe they're so good at that that the other teams don't have an answer for it. And if yeah. that's the case, then I think that's where you get that that gelling of the of the two. And if TJ Watt stays healthy all year, that's the catalyst for the entire defense. We saw it last year, the splits from when he was healthy to when he wasn't, how much of a difference that played in how the defense uh, took away opposing offenses. So for me, those are the keys there if you're just different enough on offense to be something unique that they cannot put their finger on, they're not like everybody else you play, you get in that top 15, top 14, 13 range on offense. And then the defense, you just rely on your stars to go out and be better than everybody else. You said the AFC championship game, and I got to be honest, it's difficult for me to wrap my head around that right now. Just based on the simple fact, and this is not opinion, this is sheer fact. They were nine and eight and missed the playoffs last year. So, I think to myself, and this is my last question for you, what in the world has to happen for this team that we know on paper right now, and that's all we do is know them on paper right now, what would need to happen for them to actually get to the AFC Championship game in 2023 slash 2024 because that's when it would actually be? I mean, what would need to take place in your opinion? Yeah. So obviously what we talked about with the, the offense and the defense both – contributing fairly equally to the team's overall success, <laughs> not right. just one side carrying the other and backing into the playoffs. They're going to need help though. I would say you're hoping that, that maybe the Bengals 
are so one-dimensional on offense because they don't have a good tight end room and the offensive line has gone through some overhaul and the running game with Joe Mixon, who seriously looked like he lost a step in a major way last year and they just restructured his contract. So he's going to stay, he's going to be their starter uh, unless they go after a Dalvin cook or something like that. As long as that's the setup, you hope they become so one dimensional on offense that you can just take that away. And then that the turnover on defense is too much for them to handle as well. And they kind of take a step back. You hope that maybe the bills a little too much pressure on themselves. They fall off that the Jaguars kind of stay like they were last year. You do need some help, but in the end, it's going to be once you get to the playoffs, can you just put a game together and or, or two in a row where you're just on fire and you need your quarterback to go on a little bit of a heater. Uh, you need your defense to play a little bit leaner and meaner uh, at that time of year. You need to be healthy. We saw that last year. The healthy teams were the ones who who continued to move forward in the playoffs. And if, if those happen, and it's always a bunch of things that need to happen for a team to make it that far, right? No yeah. matter how good you are. But in the Steelers' case, you're hoping that as you're climbing, that some of these other teams are taking a step back and that you've that you've raised your game a little bit more than the teams that are on par with you, like maybe the Jets, the Dolphins, that are still also working their way up. So you just kind of got to get in the right situation. And it's possible with this schedule, with the team that the Steelers are putting together, that maybe they could get – maybe they could win the division if the Bengals take a step back. If that happens, maybe you get a playoff game at home and maybe you get to host one of these – AFC East teams that's just been beat up by the other AFC East teams. And, you know, you hope you get a, a win there. So yeah. a lot of speculation to, to go with it. But I think it's – that's kind of the ceiling to me. I don't think they're Super Bowl bound, but I think the AFC Championship is a is a ceiling that you could put on this team. I'll tell you one thing for me. Like, you went through the gambit of, like, the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Jaguars. To me, it comes down to one thing. Can the Steelers score freaking points? Like, that's what it's going to come sure. down to. Can they score yeah. – Points. They averaged 18.1 points per game last year. That is absolutely putrid. You can tell me all about the Christmas Eve game and it being sub-zero temperatures. I get it. 13 to 10 final score. I understand it. But when it's nice and you're not in those in elements, you do expect in the modern NFL to be able to put up more points. If yeah. they're going to have any legitimate shake at the playoffs even, they're going to have to average, in my opinion, over 24 points a game. That's a big jump. We'll see if it can happen. I have my fingers crossed and I'm hopeful, but we'll see. Uh, hey, you know, the steelcurtainnetwork.com is officially live. You've got some stuff going out there. Jeremy, why don't you tell us what you have coming up on the fix, on the podcast yeah. side, but also on the written word as well. Absolutely. The, the Steelers fix, we're diving into fantasy, fantasy football, just having a fun time talking about that. We've talked quarterbacks, running backs. This next week we're going to do wide receivers, and then we'll finish up with tight ends. We're not going to go into defense special teams and – yeah, and uh, kickers and all of that, but we'll dive into those. And then on the written side, I'm just doing a, a kind of a, a taking that premise from a Steelers perspective on the podcast side and kind of expanding that all to a, a full NFL look at the fantasy rankings, how I would rank players based on draftability and just kind of going from there. So if you're a fantasy football player, you think that maybe the, the experts out there aren't quite enough for you and you, and you need a real expert to tell you about some fantasy football, then, you know, 
come come to the fans first sports network and steel curtain network and and check me out <laughs> absolutely absolutely check him out good stuff i do appreciate it jeremy next week man it's crazy we will be talking about actual practices happening so, in latrobe i know you're excited i'm excited but thank you for your time man we'll talk to you next week have a good one all right see ya all right, and a big thank you to Jeremy for taking the time on a Friday, as he always does, to talk Pittsburgh Steelers football. I enjoyed his insight. Uh, we're really excited about the Steel Curtain Network and the SteelCurtainNetwork.com website, so make sure you go check that out. But let's finish this like we always do with a heart-to-heart. Folks, I wrote this article for, uh, for SCN, the Steel Curtain Network. It's a way back. It was way when we launched. This is the calm before the storm, right? This is the last weekend that we're going to have without some type of news of the Pittsburgh Steelers until hopefully February. Hopefully February. Think about that. This upcoming weekend will be the last weekend without a Steelers practice, a Steelers preseason game, something related to actual football until hopefully a very deep postseason run. I mean, hey, Jeremy's talking AFC Championship game in a best-case scenario. I'm here for it. So this weekend, do what you got to do. Get out on the golf course. Get the get the yard work done. Do that home repair that you wanted to, to get done. Whatever you got to do, get it done. This is the calm before the storm. There's no looking back now, folks. I know that you're ready for it because I'm ready for it. And hey, I hope you have a great weekend. I'm going to be back on Monday with a uh, Monday morning conversation. It's time to update some things. You know what that means if you've been paying attention this offseason. Okay, but that's it. Have a great weekend. You know we finished out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you on Monday. Go Steelers.